Welcome back to another episode of Suit and Sound, the podcast by the Postgraduate Law Society at King's College London. I'm Nicola, your host, and in today's episode, I'm talking with Riccardo Sirchia, a member of our LLM batch, originally from Italy. Let's get started. Riccardo Sirchia is from Italy, more precisely from Sicily. He studies in a dual degree program with the University of Bologna. He started studying law after trying international relations for one year. What he finds fascinating about the law is the ability it gives him to understand complex economic and political structures. Ricardo is also passionate about football, a sea lover, and a Formula One fan rooting for Scuderia Ferrari. Hi Ricardo, how are you today? Hi, Nicola. I'm great. Thank you very much for having me today. It's it's actually a great pleasure to having the chance to sharing my experience as an aspiring Italian lawyer studying here in uh, in London. So again, uh, thank you very much for having me today. Thank you, Ricardo, for taking the time um, and talking to us this morning. Imagine you were in a courtroom in Italy this morning the judge would ask you to stand up, um, plead your case. How would you address the judge? Well, this is an interesting question, uh, considering that in Italy we are still very, I will say, connected with um, formal aspects of, of law. So in a court um, nowadays, it really matters how the attorney address the judge. And the two main ways in which an attorney will address the judge will be, um, I say first in Italian and then in English, uh, vostro onore, that it means like your honors, that is the, the most common one. Uh, well, the second one is um, vostra, vostra grazia, that is means basically like your grace or um, stimato giudice estimated judge. These are basically the main way in which uh, an attorney usually addresses the judge. Can you tell us a little bit about the Italian legal system? Is there anything specific about it? What are the things you find interesting about it? Sure. Well, um, the first aspect that we need to underline uh, when we uh, speak about the Italian legal system is it a uh, civil law system. So we are in a different system compared to the UK. Uh, in other words, there is no precedent rule and um, the law is mainly written, uh, especially in code when it's um, when it's possible. So from this perspective is very similar to French or German um, system. Um, during the past years, I had the chance to study different legal system, uh, both in the private law and um, public law perspective. So in the private law perspective, there are not a lot of differences, uh, as I was saying before, compared to the French or German system. Well, what I really find interesting is the role that the constitutional court uh, in Italy has played during the past decades. So we are in a public law perspective. And let me tell you why. Well, um, the Italian uh, constitutional court was established during the 50s. So 
uh, after some years, uh, the, the Constitution was actually adopted. And the role of the Constitutional Court is quite, is quite easy, uh, ensuring that the Constitution is actually, um, is actually adopted, is actually applied. And the 50s in Italy were, uh, I would say, a crucial period, because as you can know, um, during the 40s, we still had the fascism. And back at that time, the Italian legal system was still, uh, I will say, invaded by, um, by legal sources that were adopted during the fascism. So one of the mission of the Italian Constitutional Court was basically to clean the Italian legal system of all these fascist um, uh, residuals. And actually the Constitutional Court had a great and played a great role in this in this mission let's consider for example the criminal uh, the criminal code the criminal code was uh, the criminal code was adopted during the fascism period and as you can understand this can create a lot of problems so from the 50s until i will say during this this past years the constitutional court has basically cleaned and eliminated all the residuals in the um, in the criminal code uh, that were still from from the fascism period that is fascinating, Ricardo. And with this, you tell us a little bit about uh, the court system. You also started talking about criminal law in Italy. When I think of criminal law and how it is portrayed in uh, the popular culture, I quite often think of popular juries and jury trials. I am wondering if an institution like this exists in Italy? So this is an interesting question as well, especially for students studying in the in the UK, because like in Italy, the concept of jury trials is is not very is not very present. And this is um, this is common in civil law uh, systems. So like the fundamental concept in Italy is that um, a professional judge has to take the final decision on, on the case. But there is just one case in which there, there is a sort of jury trial. And this is the case of the so-called Corte d'Assise and Corte d'Assise d'Appello. The first one, so the Corte d'Assise, is a first instance judge, while the second one, the Corte d'Assise d'Appello, basically decide on the um, appeal uh, against the decision of the first one, so the Corte d'Assise. So basically, these judges decided the cases concerning the most serious crimes. Um, I don't know, I can think about terrorism or mafia-connected crimes. And these judges are basically composed both by uh, popular uh, judges selected uh, on a national, I will say, um, level but there are not just popular judges as it can be in in the us because like these judges uh, all along these judges there are still professional judges so the fundamental concept is that there must be a professional judge deciding the case but with this professional judge there can be also like popular judges as well when addressing the you know the, the most serious crimes we spoke about the legal system in general, uh, courts in Italy, how you address a judge. I am now wondering about 
how you actually become a lawyer in Italy. What are the steps one must accomplish to become an attorney in your home jurisdiction? How long it takes? Um, and maybe for all of us as future lawyers, is there any specific way we will have to address our future Italian colleagues? Okay, uh, so thank you for this question. I'm sorry for you, but it will take uh, it will take some time. Uh, it's a preliminary remark, but like I must say that answering this question today, so how to become an attorney in Italy is more complex than answering the question of whether or not God exists. And I will tell you why. Because like the, the Italian parliament during the past years um, has basically uh, changed the laws on the bar exam so many times. So just consider that during the past three years, uh, the Italian students uh, had to face three different exams. But like, let's go with with order. So the first requirement in order to become an attorney is his um, having studied law. You know, so like you must have studied law. That is in Italy a five years single degree. So it's quite a long path. After that, you need to take an 18 month traineeship in, in a law firm. So you still have basically one year and a an half, but you have the chance to anticipate six months of this 18 months uh, during the last year of, of university, as I'm, I'm going to do during these years in, in London. After that, you can take the, the bar exam. So um, this summer was adopted a new, a new act that is going to uh, enter into force on February 2024. Uh, about the new modalities of the bar exam. And this act provides basically two different uh, tests, a written one and an oral one. The first one is, is the written one, and it basically consists of writing a court document in a subject of your choice between administrative, civil or criminal law. And the time is seven hours and you have code, so you can open a code, but you cannot have a commented code with jurisprudence. So it's basically requested to know almost all the jurisprudence on, on, that, on that topic. Then you have an oral test that consists of three stages. So the first one is basically solving a practical case in a subject between, again, civil, criminal or administrative law. Then you have some questions on three subjects that you can decide. And at least one must be a procedure. And then you have some question about the knowledge, general knowledge of rights and uh, duties of, of lawyers. So as you can see, it's quite, it's quite a difficult path to become an attorney. But once you have become, uh, became an attorney, then you can address your colleague at, at the court. You have that you have that chance. And I will say that in this case, we do not have a lot of uh, formal requirements like it could be in the UK. So we mainly address the other part as a counterparty. So in Italian it will be controparte. Uh, we don't have like any specific requirement for addressing um, the other part attorney. The legal, the formal requirements are mainly basically for, for the judge. Before we finish this conversation, is there a particularly unusual 
or a funny Italian law you would like to tell us about? Yes, yes, sure. Um, so, uh, Nicola, if you have to think about like the Italian lifestyle, especially in some cities, so for example in Sicily, I'm sure that you will think about, you know, um, a girl or a guy walking in the streets, maybe with uh, an open shirt or swimsuits or flip-flops, something like that. Well, that is not entirely correct, or at least it could be, but not according to law. The reason why is that uh, during the past decades, several uh, cities all over Italy, especially in Sicily or like in south of Italy or in Veneto as well, that has the sea, basically has, has provided some rules forbidding uh, people, especially addressing tourists, to walk all over the street just with um, swimsuits uh, or without any t-shirt because uh, this will be against the concept of public decency. So now, as you can understand, in cities which with thousands and thousands of, of people, it's quite difficult to enforce these rules. But it's interesting that according to law, theoretically, it will be it will be forbidden. Thank you, Ricardo. We will all think about it during our summer next time <laughs> in Italy. Thank you for, for this interesting fact. And, and Ricardo, thank you for taking the time um, and to talk to us this morning. Thank you very much. This wraps up another episode of Suit and Sound. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion and found it insightful. If you have any questions or would like to share your thoughts, don't hesitate to reach out to us on our Instagram. Remember, the legal journey is a continuous one and we're here to support you every step of the way. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay updated. We'll catch you in the next episode.